to me, the hook was probably going to be something along the lines of how to inject toilet humor into Final Fantasy. Um, and I and I think that that's a selling point. I, I actually think that's like a, a good thing, right? Because like those games can often take themselves like way too serious. So uh, would you ever revisit, reimagine, like you've got, well, lack of a better way of putting it, you, you have a boring gameplay loop. Would you ever revisit it, make it better? Yeah, and try I've, again. I thought about it. Um, right, so right after the Kickstarter failed, we uh, advanced to like the second or third round with uh, publishing back and forths with Ubisoft. Really? Um, yeah, and we got um, some feedback, but they were so they were like, "Here's our initial concerns, but we're moving this up the chain, like as it goes." And then we were rejected. But with that feedback, I was like, okay, enough is enough. The Kickstarter failed. We're hearing the same kind of thing over and over again. How do we fix this? And I like busted out some index cards and was like, let's break this game down the spine and just try again. <laughs> and like, you know, write out some some new cards on some index cards and play it and see what feels like. Uh, it was an interesting exercise, but I think I was too close to like the failure of the Kickstarter. I think I needed to sit for a while before I before I tried to revisit it again. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, uh, so it was nice often, in a couple of years to revisit an old project and see like, yeah. oh, this is fun. So yeah. Whenever I play Burgle's Bounty, and oh, this game was pretty fun. Uh, well, nobody liked you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> every so often, I have like you know an idea in the shower where I'm like, oh, that's what we should have done. Um, and and it's like now crystal clear, but. Uh, without distance, it's very difficult to get that perspective. Interesting. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, for you, I guess it's um. Maybe it's just time. Um, you just, or or maybe it's a different project. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me spin that question. Instead of revisiting waste knots, would you ever come back and do your own project again? Maybe. Um, I'm. So. I'm really interested. So, and and this is this is like maybe a good transition to like what I'm doing now because I am doing some of this stuff. Um, so Agapara is uh, is a indie game house for for lack of a better term. They they do publishing. They do internal development. They also do work for hire. So, so can and you tell us everything that you're under NDA for right now? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so we uh, we do primarily like three three things they do publishing of indie games they do their own game development like entirely internal and then they also do work for hire kind of projects as they come up and i am a producer like on all three of those in various forms um i think i'm on like six or seven games right now um some of mine are i i tend to be more of a technical hat so some of mine where we are publishing the game um, I am leading our internal developers to do the port, just to like, you know, kind of make sure we're checking all the boxes. I've launched on console before, so like here's going to be the requirements, things like that. We do get to do some kind of fun stuff where we're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we integrated with this feature on like that platform or whatever, but it's, it's typically pretty straightforward. Um, but I want to say two of my projects right now are internal development projects, which are being built from the ground up. 
Um, and actually, they're they're uh, even though like Occupy is itself a public uh, publisher, we are pitching to higher up uh, on the food chain investors for them. Not we would like to publish them internally, but um, but pitching to to other investors for for bigger budget games. And um, I'm I'm kind of taking over the role of like helping oversee the development of vertical slices and and pitch decks and all that kind of stuff. Um, in that role, I have the opportunity to work with game designers. I have the opportunity to work with the, the programmers and the artists and the you know audio team and the writers and all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like I am in very much involved in these projects, including from you know obviously not a day to day design, but certainly somebody who is like the final arbiter of like, no, this design is or is not good enough. And here's my feedback and things like that. And that's, that's kind of nice to be part of a team and not to have to do it all myself. <laughs> but it's, wouldn't you want to create your creation or have your own idea come to life? Not necessarily. I actually, yeah, I, okay. I'm not, I mean, like I have, I think I'm at my best when somebody has like the big picture idea. I, 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 I'm really enjoying working with like creative directors and being like, and them saying like, here's the vision, here is the global concept. And me being like, we're gonna tweak this thing and that thing, and we're gonna make this more fun and more interesting. And here's my feedback over here. And and I that's where my creativity, I guess, like gets to come to play as opposed to having to be responsible for like, here's my idea and everything that goes into it. Yeah, it's I don't, pretty hard as an indie. You're, you're right. I mean, that's like, like I don't, point, actually. <laughs> um, I, don't like, think anybody, I want my idea, but I want a team to do it for me. Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, listen, I, probably Stardew Valley is the only game that I can think of where like one person had Literally a good idea. Did it all. Yeah. Um, I think everyone, like everyone else who has just tried to make a game and not gotten feedback on their design, they've made a bad game. <laughs> Everyone I mean, else that's, what, so that's like, why the indies take them take them to expos usually because that's when quite frankly the public shits on your stuff pretty hard it's true they'll but, lie to you and say oh it's so fun but you can just see how they're playing it and so you yeah. can usually tell when someone's engaged or not and that's you know that's like a that's a you know it's like a check engine light right yeah. if like if somebody's like not playing it but it doesn't give you creativity like it doesn't give you that feedback of like being in a designer's room with three people talking about like what this game should be should look like one from a narrative perspective one from a you know mechanics perspective um and i think that that just there's a reason that most like tv shows have writers rooms and not writer <laughs> you know I, um, <laughs> gary and i actually do that a, well, a reasonable amount um probably not as much as we should um, but I, I really tough. enjoy those sort of brainstorming moments. Yeah, I think it's really I would important. love it if Gary lived in New York and we could get together like every day. And... <laughs> I know, man, we came up with a lot of good ideas when I was in town. Uh, oh, yeah. The other, the other year. Everything, all of them made it into the game. That's the way to do it. And like, that's where you get your best ideas, right? So I'm really, I'm really privileged to, uh, one of the game designers I'm working with uh, right now is in London. And so I'm really privileged to just like wake up every morning and see what all of like the new design is for like this vertical slice. And I'm like, oh, cool. I get to just like see new game design and like comment on it and 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 have that kind of back and forth. Um, Somebody like, else does the design, <laughs> I tear it apart. Yes, yeah. I mean, no, truly it's, it's a, you know, um, it's an exercise 
I'm obviously looking at it from much more of a questions of scope, of technical cap yep. capabilities, of uh, a little bit of marketing, right? So if, if I see something where I'm like, hey, if we just add this, then like Nintendo will feature us or something, right? Um, from the perspective, a vertical slice that, that we're, we're currently drafting had a lot of like branching paths of like options of ways that you can solve a puzzle. And I'm like, this is a vertical slice, it's 10 minutes and investors gonna play it once and I'm not making a ton of content for that they're not gonna see. Uh, and so the solution is just make them all required. Like all these branches are now, you can do them in any order, but they're required. Uh, and, and those kinds of back and forth, I think having different lenses to approach a single game is, is critical um, that, you're, that you're looking at. And from an indie perspective, when you're by yourself, when I was by myself, I had to look at my games through all of those lenses by myself. I had to sit down and say, I'm just looking at this game from a design perspective. And now tomorrow, I'm just looking at it from a business perspective. And now the next day, I'm just looking at it from a narrative cohesion perspective. And that can get exhausting. You see that? That's <laughs> that sounds exhausting to uh, yeah. a context switch like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, is, that is exhausting. Um, I don't know if I do that quite. I, I definitely don't do it every day or every other day because often I'm, I, often I'm in the yeah. weeds actually making the thing yeah but I, I sometimes find myself losing it it's like is this any good right. um and then i'll and then i will every now and then whenever i do a build like once every two months and actually play through it and fix all the bugs like oh this is fun okay this needs to be changed there's a problem yeah. here or um but i still I still think this game is going to have a market. Now I could be lying to myself. I need someone else to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to pitch it to you know a bunch of publishers and and have them all tell you that simultaneously. I'm uh, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm ready. Like I, I think it's a good advice. I just don't think it's ready. Yeah, yet. I will say I you know for Wastelands we we pitched to publishers very early, and all the games that I that come into me where I'm like yes I'm like these are with it realistically like within. A year of launch. Um, it's rare that that a game that's further out than that. I mean, it's it has happened where I've like I've seen a game that's like planned launch like twenty twenty four, and I'm like, mm, but it's really good. Uh, but it's it's pretty rare, and by and large, it's like okay, now I have enough to see it where I'm like, I get the I get the idea, and I'm I'm excited for it. It needs to be about a year, eighteen months maybe. Okay, Dean, can I put you on the spot? <laughs> okay. You played the, the sorry the kids of Karen Dow demo like yeah. it was a while ago. Yeah, tell, it was tell a, me. it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, okay. So go from those memories. How well okay. do you remember it? Okay. Tell 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 us tell us what you thought. Be brutally so, honest. All right. So I'll put on my I'll put on my publisher hat uh, here, and look at it from the lens of, do I think that there is like do we sell this game like how does this fit you know within the the market and stuff like that. Um, my immediate impression is that selling it based on screenshots is going to be tough uh, because I don't think that there are, uh, there's a artistic point of view that is sellable on its own. Um, I think that the, the hook, like if I was, you know, somebody who's going to say, okay, how am I going to market this? How am I going to get press attention? Mm -hmm. To me, the hook was probably going to be something along the lines of how to inject toilet humor into Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's a selling point. I, I actually think that's like a, a good thing, right? Because like those games can often take themselves like way too seriously. And so mm -hmm. there's like a, there's a blend here that is kind of interesting. 
Um, and that's probably like the like the headline that you end up pitching to, to press. Um, I thought the combat was solid. It didn't necessarily innovate, but it didn't feel like it needed to. But also I played the tutorial, so it like, I'm sure it opens up later. There's, there's a yeah. lot more that's like, there's still a lot more that needs to be done on but that. That's... And there's, even, there's been a lot that's been done since you played it too. I'm sure, I'm sure. And like, I, you know, when you're playing a tutorial, it's like, okay, here's like your yeah. one option, right? Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any other things. Yeah, that was kind of that, like the, the main thing that I would have been concerned about was uh, the visual presentation. How do we, how do we like sell this as a, as a visual thing? But again, I think I mentioned this earlier, there's like a lot of successful ugly games. And I'm not saying your game is ugly. <laughs> I was saying, I, when I say ugly games, I mean not artist driven games. Um, Slay the Spire isn't ugly. It's not particularly great art, right? It's not like it's not like they have like a team of like thirty artists that were doing it. Um, it's fine. It's serviceable. It's totally like okay art. Um, that's the same way that I felt about Waste Knots. Uh, and in terms I actually of like, like the style of Waste Knots. I like and the comic style and I like the illustrations, but I didn't like the juice, the game feel, the visual polish that we had. We we didn't have that, and it felt like in in instances messy or, or things like that um and so you know when i when i look at those games it's like help you know look at how um kit fox look at how kit fox treats uh boyfriend dungeon which has i don't know those games <laughs> oh my god boyfriend dungeon so so kit fox the publisher uh boyfriend dungeon is a uh, a roguelike dungeon crawler where you can date your weapons so it's a dating sim simulator as well and they have uh their their um their community manager used to be victoria Trent, who's now at um uh social game among us and um was really, really, really effective at managing the community. Like Blue Up is now going to be hosting the um, Indie Game Awards, or, or uh, like IGF, and is like generally considered one of like the best indie game community manager promoter people around. One of their games is Boyfriend Dungeon, and it's got these amazing like anime style characters and like you know their thirst traps and all that kind of stuff, and they're great and they're visual and you love them and you see a screenshot and you're like I want to read more, and that shit was on Twitter nonstop. Uh, they're they are also publishing a remake, a rem uh, I think of like a full remake of Dwarf Fortress, Dwarven Fortress, and that game's ugly, <laughs> right? Dwarven Fortress used to be ASCII ASCII art. Um, mm -hmm. And they're doing a remake, but it's not particularly like visually that much more attractive. They are not nearly as much uh, active in terms of Twitter. It's much more focused on things like dev blogs to explore like your favorite features from the old one that we're bringing into the new one and things like that, because they don't need to like they're not screenshot driven. Um, and so I don't. And that game is that game has like such a massive following. It's going to do ten times better than Boyfriend Dungeon. So I think the question is for is similar for Kids of Karendau is how do you sell this game without uh, like avenues that are not visually driven? I think a dev blog. Like a really I, I haven't I do a dev blog, but I haven't posted to it since we started podcasting. So I <laughs> just kind of, kind or, of 
yeah you could use the the podcast as a as a dev blog kind of thing let's um yeah. we are going to do more of those featured episodes but we can't do that every time because it's not enough new information to give every time <laughs> yeah i think um i'm trying to think if there's any other i would be interested in seeing comps uh or or what what y'all thought were comps but I would also want to do my own research on actual indie RPGs that are in development. So have, I, it's probably not useful unless you've seen it, but Chained Echoes, because that's the game I find myself constantly comparing Kids of Caring Down to. There are aspects of that game that are visually impressive, but it's not all around. Like, it, like mm -hmm. I feel like the trailer shows the best looking parts of the game and mm -hmm. then everything else is kind of on par or maybe a little bit more bland than Karen Dow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's my opinion. I could be biased. I'm definitely. I'm sure I'm biased. Um, yeah, it's it's the same kind of. You know, we're getting a lot of. Um, I think. I think there's going to end up being more of a pushback on kind of pixel art for pixel art's sake, uh, especially from consoles. Is my understanding. This is all like second and third hand. Hmm. Um, but uh, and this you know seems seems the same way. I would kind of have the same feedback here, where I would be like. What's the visual story here? Like, what's what are we, um, what are we trying to do? That's like as as compared to you know if we're looking at like JRPGs or something like that. As compared to Octopath Traveler, Octopath well, Traveler. I did not like Octopath Traveler. I, I I also I struggled. I don't think that I made it more than halfway. I think I like I, I barely unlocked all the characters. Yeah. Um, I don't think mechanically it was interesting, but no, the battle system like, was boring i actually didn't like the visuals <laughs> actually the, the random fight, fight frequency is far too high the combat took far too long to finish um it wasn't fun enough and um visually uh, the the blur effect the 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 um the, the bloom effect that they overused uh -huh. everywhere <laughs> um hurt my eyes but it made such an for for such amazing screenshots it made su for such oh, yeah. an amazing trailer yes, and it, you're right and yeah. It had a clear artistic. It had something to say visually, not just like I'm oh, we're doing two D sprites on a somewhat three D environment with yeah, with a lot of yeah, blur. yeah. <laughs> it had blur. something to say, um, and I think you know when I uh, is is kind of the same you know with with Chained Echoes and others. These games are perfectly serviceable pixel art. Um, I think. Kids of Garandel also is like totally fine when it comes to pixel art, but it doesn't have something to say visually. Mm, I'm not, you're right. There, there isn't that extra oomph, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm probably, and I've been, I actually was thinking about this uh, like today when I was in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best time for game dev. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, it's like, because it's specifically thinking about the overworld and it's like there needs to be more there it, it's not polished enough because i actually went through recently and actually read a lot of the parallax effects to make them nicer because yeah. especially using this forest area in the game as this fog rolls in so one scene there's a little bit of fog and the next scene there's more fog and it's multi-layered and it's moving around and and it's supposed to look kind of cool and it's and the scene's kind of dark though too because a lot of areas there are areas of the game that are pretty dark, and maybe that is a bit of a problem, but that was intentional because I wanted to make it seem like it would actually be. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. No. Yeah, but no, I, I think it, that there's, I mean, there's stuff that you can do, but also I think more to the point is like understand 
who like what is your selling point and then who's going to be comfortable with that so, so that, you know when yeah. i when we talked about and i said you know toilet humor and final fantasy the first publisher that comes to mind is adult swim right um like there's going to be people who know how to market that and there's going to be people who have no idea uh, yeah. like, you know, uh, I mentioned Serenity Forge earlier. They're not going to know what to do with this game <laughs> because, uh, it's like, it's very much like not in their, their wheelhouse of, of that demographic of, of who to market to. Um, uh, and, and I think that's where you, where you start rather than trying to like do everything, like rather than oh. like, you're sitting here talking about like, I'm going to do this for the art, that for the art. I'm like, fuck it. It doesn't need that. Just figure out what is cool about your game and then lean into that. Well <laughs> You know, I pitched Virgil's Bounty to adults, but I've never heard back from them. Because so, there was some adult humor in, in yeah. Virgil's Bounty. Most of my games kind of have yeah. that spin. But... Yeah, why is um, that there? It's my sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think knowing, like, you know, where it fits in, in somebody's, like, portfolio and if they know the demographic is going to be really important as well. So this has been some phenomenal advice, and I don't even know if I want to ask the last question because it is, what kind of advice would you give someone? You're, okay, let, let's take a spin on that question. What, what advice would you give yourself um, now, uh, going back when you first started on Vidar? Oh boy. Um, get it out faster. Whatever you're working on, do it faster. Do it in half the time. Um, it, it is more important to have people in your corner than it is to knock it out of the park in the first instance. And it is more likely you will knock it out of the park the more people you have in your corner. And the only way to get those people is by having a goddamn game out there or several. <laughs> so whatever it is, just, put, just release it. Just like, well, just go. <laughs> do you think that maybe that's because when it comes to indies um it, it, it's also about what they want to achieve out of it because not all of them are doing it for money i mean obviously yeah. a lot of them a lot of them are because they want to live off of it but maybe they're not expecting to get rich so my, my advice is totally useless for for people who are you've got very good fun, business advice so it's like yeah. how do i survive at this <laughs> how do you yes yes um is is put it out put it out earlier whatever it is um and uh, inherently by going through that process just over and over like you know i spent three or four years on or i spent three years on waste knots i spent two and change on vidar um you know if each of those could have been cut down uh or i mean in all in all honesty i was able to get that experience by releasing other games that i was working with like where i was acting as a producer um, but I would have just had like more, right? Even, even when I applied for this job at Akapara, uh, I applied for a lot of other producer jobs. It was the first time I was actually like applying for a job in the games industry. I had no idea what to expect. Akapara was the only one who even gave me an interview, um, because I didn't have nearly enough games under my belt. And so nobody was really taking me seriously. And it's just, I happened to, to know Akupara from pitching them waste nods. <laughs> and, oh. and we had gotten so close. Like they were, they were one of the, the publishers that we got like the closest to. And um, just, yeah, just get it out earlier. Just get it out, whatever it is. <laughs> Karen Dow is going to be a few years yet. So let's, 
<laughs> that's uh that's good advice um <laughs> probably not to gary and i <laughs> <laughs> like if you could do it episodically if you can uh if you could do something else in the meantime if you could just like With what time yeah, <laughs> i know i know it's so it's it's impossible when you're working a full-time job um but i you know i any success that i have i have had in this industry which has been pretty minimal let's be real um i have gotten from being in the same room as other people and to do that you have to have a game <laughs> <laughs> you do yeah you have to have a game like that's the ticket of admission you know to, to get in <laughs> surprise of admission <laughs> all right um gary you have anything else you want to ask dean uh, uh I, I guess i had one one question it was like uh what do you think what do you imagine your dream project to be oh boy Let's say that time and money wasn't an issue and not even right. like IP was an issue. Like you can work oh, with an boy. IP you want, whether it be oh. like somebody else's or your own. Boy. Oh boy. I will say, so I can't, I literally can't talk about like anything beyond the fact that I'm doing a pitch right now that involves a popular IP. And uh, it has been really fun to play with, to like, to explore someone else's world and be like, here's the stuff that I want out of this. Oh and, yeah. Like, and, and get to create in like somebody else's universe. Um, and I am a huge X-Men nerd, like a massive X-Men nerd. <laughs> um, I would love to do a project in that universe. Like I would, I would kill for that. All so far I have been very underwhelmed with basically every game that uh, like Marvel tie-in games that, that come out. Um, There's been a couple of good X-Men games have come out. No, I haven't played yeah. anything recently, but I don't know anything recently. They did the Marvel like Legends three or something for Switch. I didn't even go to it because it got such so pan. Um, I do play I do play puzzle, Marvel Puzzle Quest on my phone and I love it. It's a match three <laughs> uh, in Marvel, and it's so far the best Marvel game I've played. Um, I would kill to do some kind of uh, some kind of X Men game. I would kill to do an X Men MMO. <laughs> So, so much for small projects. <laughs> I know, no, only big, only go. <laughs> hey, my question wasn't centered around uh, smaller big. Like <laughs> yeah, no, I would, I, I, I do really love like finding hooks where I'm like, oh, what if, like, what if we pulled at this a little bit more? <laughs> awesome. All right, Dean, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure Thanks. having you. Thanks. Thanks. Hopefully, for uh, you can help us get some more subscribers with that handsome yes. face of yours. As always. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. only using him for his body. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> well, what else would I use him for? <laughs> his good game development advice. <laughs> yeah, who All right, Dean. <laughs> right, thank you so much again for joining us. And uh, it was great hanging out and we're, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. We'll, we'll finally get together in person soon. Absolutely. Uh, and and have uh, have fun on the, the next session with uh, my former boss. Uh, <laughs> we'll ask him about you. <laughs> on on Singularity. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Dean. Thanks a lot and take care. Thanks for listening to part three of our conversation with Dean. If you enjoyed this episode, please click the thumbs up and hit the subscribe button. Next up is one of the themes for Kids of Karendau's main villain.